Hey mamas, as an online business manager and mental wellness advocate, helping mompreneurs just like you to overcome their challenges in life and in business, it's important to me that I show up on this podcast to give you real life examples of other moms who have faced their own challenges and overcame them. It's part of my purpose to equip, encourage, and empower you to not only face your own challenges, but to give you ways to overcome them with a strong faith in God, increasing your mental wellness, and by taking strategic action to move past what's holding you back so you can move forward on the calling that God has put on your life. Remember, it's not about how many times you fall. It's about how many times you get back up. So whatever challenge or struggle that you're facing right now in your own life, I pray this interview serves as an example that any challenge can be overcome. You are not alone. I'm right here with you. Now, let's get to the interview. Have you ever felt so overwhelmed with being a mom and an entrepreneur that you didn't know where to start? If so, you're not alone. I spent a number of years figuring it out the hard way, and now you don't have to. The thing is, I'm not the only mompreneur who has faced challenges to overcome. Join me on this journey as we build a society of mompreneurs who turn their mess into their message, building a business that gives them the time freedom that they deserve and the quality of life that they desire. My name is Derica, and this is the Mompreneur Society. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mompreneur Society. Today's guest, I'm super excited to introduce you guys to. Her name is Melissa Berkheimer, and she's with Melissa Berkheimer Studios. She's a million-dollar sales page designer and creative director, and she's also a podcaster. She's the host of the, the Design Business Show podcast. She says her mission is simple, and I love this. Her mission is to give design a voice and to help creators sell their offers online. And um, she does this through her one-on-one consulting and inside of her signature program called Conversion Design School. So Melissa, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful. Great. Awesome. So let's just go ahead and get started. So, um, you know, I'm, I just kind of, uh, you know, I kind of briefly told you the story about how I ran into you on Facebook and then went down a rabbit hole trail to your Facebook business page and to your, um, you know, into your website and everything, but I don't, you know, like you're a fresh face for me. And so for everyone out there, that's just now getting to know, you know, hear your name and know who you are. I'd love to hear the story of, you know, kind of like how you got started in this online space. Yeah, um, I started my online business, or I started my business, my freelance design business, let's say in January, 2011, because I was working at a job. It was a trash consulting firm, which is a whole other story for another day. (laughs) Um, And there was no room for creative growth. And, you know, five years prior to that, I had graduated from college with a degree and my major was graphic journalism with a minor in photography. And there were no creative opportunities whatsoever at this job, but I stayed after I graduated because I had, like, I had had a baby actually right when I started college, my first son. And then I had my second son, like right after, you know, right after I graduated, I got married and then, um, had my second son. And so I didn't want to work a bunch of hours, you know, eight to five and then some with 
small kids at home. So I stayed there because I had flexible hours and I, you know, could work, you know, work from home if it snowed and like all the things. And so, but I got a really big creative itch in 2011. And so I started going to networking events. Um, I printed my business cards like three or four times and eventually I met people and I started, you know, getting logo work and business mm-hmm. card design work, postcards and some social media consulting. And I started out charging $20 an hour. A couple of years into that process, I continued networking and I ended up landing, you know, a few clients who needed my work consistently. So as a designer, mm-hmm. and it was enough to like pay me, you know, a few thousand every month. I was my, and just to be very clear here, I don't like when people mislead, but like my husband, I'm married and he has a very good job. And my role in our household really up until this last year has been work part-time, take kids to and from school. Right. Now my kids can drive, can almost both drive themselves. So it's much different, but I want to just share that as a disclaimer, because I know that that could be a lot of money for some people or mm-hmm. a little bit of money for some people. It just like, we all have our own journey differently. Right. And then I came across a webinar that Amy Porterfield did. And then like you, I went down the rabbit hole of buying all these online courses to learn how I could transition my business from working with people locally and, you know, working with people online and throughout, you know, the first few years of my business, I continued to network in person at blogging events, you know, and I don't chamber events, you name it. I was there because it worked. I'm a mm-hmm. big believer in finding a strategy that worked. And then before I knew it, I was doing the same thing online um, through, you know, investing in courses, participating in the group calls and meeting people. And before I knew it within probably like a year, I ended up starting to design sales pages for the people I was buying courses from, which was totally by accident. It wasn't on purpose. That is so awesome. I love that though. Oh gosh, it's such a funny story. Um, It's so embarrassing if I tell you like what happened, but (laughs) the long, the short story from there is I ended up getting hired by one person to do sales pages. And then I got hired by another person to do their sales pages. They were all connected. They started referring me to everyone in the Rolodex. And within six months, I had had like my first 5k month. This was May of 2014. And I gave a 60 day notice to all of my local clients Mm -hmm. um, who I was working with and they were great and they were nice and they paid me on time, but it was really just like, I was kind of at their beck and call, which again was fine. Cause it was like, the work was awesome. And I I was happy, you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. then I ended up making way more doing sales pages. And then I got an offer to become a launch manager for someone And so from there, like the referrals haven't stopped. In 2017, I started to mentor graphic designers and I launched the Masterminds Accelerators and I have, that's when I launched my podcast as well. And so today I'm really just all about bringing design to the forefront and giving it a voice. Cause I feel like there's the course about how to create a course. There's a course about how to write emails for your course, a course about how to sell your course, but no one's talking about little old design. So that's, that's me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like my experience is very unique in that I'm, you know, I don't specialize in branding, although I do know a lot about branding. I specialize in conversion design, which is really the design that helps lead to the sale. You know what I mean? So it's Mm -hmm. different. Like the whole experience is really important, but I'm all about creating like really good consensual sales processes and strategies. And that's what I help my clients do right now through VIP days. And, you know, I still take on some sales page clients, but it's very limited these Mm -hmm. days because they're a very big project. And then um, I do some group mentorship programs as well. Right. Awesome. I love your, you know, your background story and kind of the, you know, the reason why I wanted to lead off with how you started in that entrepreneurial space is because, 
what you're doing is such a, I mean, if you look at it timeline wise, because, and actually maybe we should step back and explain, you know, for the mompreneurs out there that aren't familiar with the sales page. So, you know, you go to, you know, you see something really cool online and you go to that website that talks about that cool thing that you were interested in. That's a sales page, a sales page. And, you know, you're right. There is an art and a design to it to not just keep that person's attention on that page, but actually get them to convert, which is what your specialty is, and get them to click and purchase and, you know, move forward. Um, And I just really wanted to draw attention to that um, specialty of yours, because a lot of the women out here, you know, especially now post-COVID are doing a lot of online businesses or businesses that are being enhanced with online tactics. And it's like, there are so many great gifts and so many great businesses out there where um, the mark could be getting missed or it could be getting further enhanced, which is a little tweak of, you know, something so critical that most people wouldn't think of. You like their messaging could be correct. Their uh, product could be the best. But when you talk about that, you know, that reach beyond when that person's not connecting one-on-one with you, your sales page is basically your, you know, less, like the, your mini me, you know, that speaks for you when you can't yeah. speak for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I like to like describe a sales page as like, if you were watching like an infomercial, like my mom always used to watch the Jorley infomercials when I was like, <laughs> I you, love never, infomercials. you never bought anything. But if you think about an infomercial, what is it? People are speaking words. Mm-hmm. There are photography, there are video shots, and there's like, there's like a whole like process to it. So Mm -hmm. if you took that and made a long form website without any navigation to YouTube channels and stuff like that, because we want to keep people on the page, that's really what a sales page can do. And it really can just be like a really powerful tool in your digital marketing process. I will also say that don't stress right now, if you're hearing sales page and think that you have to like be up on the latest trend. If you have an offer that's working, then my, my advice really is to just get an offer that sells consistently mm-hmm. and then create a sales page to help you automate. Absolutely. Process. Right. Absolutely. I'm so glad you drew attention to that because that's the thing, you know, um, I'm so glad you drew attention to that because that's one of the things where so many people like, oh my gosh, now I have this other thing to do. No, and I wasn't, uh, yes. And, um, you know, not to say that that is, uh, the thing that has to be done first. You know, the first thing is to yeah, get your offer out there, get the, uh, make the sale, you know, do the business, do the actions, do the work. And then once you're ready to enhance your message with certain things like this, that could enhance the message, you know, effectively, then that's when you would move to that next step. So yes, thank you so much for clarifying that. Awesome. Uh, so now, so as you are, uh, you know, in this online space, like, you know, things are obviously going really well. And I love the fact how you sold your service to the people who you learned from, you know, so obviously you, um, you know, were doing something really, you were doing it, whatever you were doing, you were doing it right. But like, what was your goal back then? Like, what was really driving you? I didn't have a goal. Um, I didn't have a goal. My, like I started doing like, honestly, the reason I got the sales page work was because of, like I said, through connections and someone posted on Facebook saying that they needed a graphic designer. And I try, I found the post and I found the DM. I actually sent them an email to my list, like almost a few weeks ago, but I just said, Hey, I'm here. I can do this. And Um, the thing that was different, I think about me than most of the designers that people were working with was I did what I did when I said I was going to do it and I provided a good experience Mm -hmm. and I tapped into this thing I have that I didn't know was a talent, which I call a project management brain, which means like on Friday night when I'm trying to like make a to-do list of all the things we need to do. And my husband wants to have a beer and he's looking at me like, 
uh, what do you mean? We're not making lists right now. I'm, I'm chilling. It's Friday. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. like, cause my birthday was just always on. Right. And so I made it easy for them and I gave them something that helped them make money. So it was very easy for them to come back to me and say, Hey, I have this other launch, you know, cause at the, at this time in most of those people's businesses, like now they're, 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 companies look very different, but they were still trying to find their footing with their offers and like Mm -hmm. their launches. And like, you know, they weren't focused on their websites back then they were focused on their sales pages. So I think that it's just important to like, no matter what service or course or digital offer you're going to create is that you're just providing a really, really good experience Mm -hmm. because that's what gets people to talk to you talk about you to their friends because like everybody knows someone who's a mom with teenagers you know what I mean like when Mm -hmm. you're having the same struggles and so I can't really say that I had a goal but I was just always very like in the beginning I was so eager and I'm still eager but I'm just it's different now it's more relaxed I was so eager to be a designer and do design stuff that I didn't care what I was doing love it right Uh uh-huh yeah Right. It's like, I was going to do it and just jump into it. And I love that because it's like, it's that quick action, you know, um, that kind of prevents yeah. that little, that little voice on your shoulder that tries to get you to stop or like, you know, that tries to tell you like, you can't do this or whatever. You're just so into the action of getting that next thing done. It's almost like you just don't even hear it. So I love that. Um, so tell us a little bit about like, uh, you know, cause I know that it obviously wasn't easy to get to this level of, you know, success with all these big people so quickly and trying to do, you know, all these things and provide a great experience at the same time, you know, and having a family to manage the whole time. Um, so as you're kind of, you know, building all of this, what were some of the challenges that you faced in that journey? Um, like a good example was m- like March of 2016 we moved into um, what I call my dream 1950s mid-century fixer fixer uppers. Mm -hmm. And I was so busy that like my mom and my husband literally had to pack everything because like I could not get away from the computer. So I think that it's important to realize like your own limitations and that you can't be everything to everyone. Um, The first hire I ever made was a cleaner and you know, it was a college student when I first, when I first started, because I realized I couldn't do everything on my own. And, you know, I worked pretty um, up until like the pandemic, I worked way too much during the pandemic. I mean, we're still in the pandemic, but um, I worked very part-time hours because my kids were always in like competitive sports. So we would have, you know, two or three baseball games a day per kid on the weekends during the spring. We would have football games. We would have cross country meets during the week. We would have wrestling tournaments every weekend. And we, I was also like volunteering with you know, the organization yeah. that my kids played for. So like, I literally wasn't, I didn't ever really ever have a free second. Now I'm like, what do people with kids and not sports do with their time? Cause I don't, we don't even know what my husband is. We don't know what to do, you know? Um, so I think it's just really important to kind of just like give yourself a lot of grace Mm-hmm. and get the help where you need it. Like my kids, again, by the time I started my business, my kids were four and nine. So it's not like I needed childcare for them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or like in the summers I would take, like, I would work in the morning, maybe from like eight to 12. And then I would, we would go to the amusement park. We would get season passes to the amusement park, right, you know, back right. when they like wanted to go do stuff with me. So right, I, was, exactly. I always like, we always had friends over. I always encourage them to have as many friends over as they want. It turns out they're introverts and they don't want to do that anymore. Oh. Which I was fine. So I mean, I don't find it weird that they're introverts. 
introverts, but I grew up around my, my friends, like I'm Mm -hmm. still around them all the time. So (laughs) I think it's just really giving yourself grace, realizing you can't be everything to everyone and setting expectations with those people around you because, um, life has to go on. Like, it doesn't matter that my client is launching. Like I'm literally in the middle of a move, but before the move, I had boxed up 10 tubs and taken them over to my dad's house to store while we were showing the house just so that we had clutter. So I had at least, you know, done that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And at that time, I believe even I had hired, my goal was I had hired an assistant to help me like, cause if someone wants to buy your house and you work from home, you got to pick up the cat. You got to pick up the cat litter. Right. You got to pick up the dog. You got to get like, you just have to get everything ready to go. So I actually had hired an assistant who started coming to my house to work with me. And there were several times where she just had to like, stop, you know what I mean? But really quickly, I didn't have her doing any of that, like personal stuff. Like she was going to, I was going to have her do my laundry, but really quickly, I realized she's really good at like editing. So I had her doing other stuff in my business. Right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And that's, I like how you uh, kind of knew exactly where you needed the help and you outsource and you kind of knew where your help um, could be best used to. Like I just like, okay, yeah, she doesn't need to be doing this. She needs to be doing that. That's what would help me the best. Yeah. I learned really quickly. Like I remember one time, like I had to pack everybody up in my minivan and we just went to Casey's cause we didn't have anything to do. Cause someone wanted to see my house mm-hmm. right away. You know what I mean? And then, you know, you worry about it being perfect, but those ended up being the people that bought it. So you have to, again, I don't, I know that this is like, we're, we're moms in business, but like, this is life too. You know yes, what I mean? So exactly. I've done all that. Awesome. Well, that's kind of cool that, um, and interesting that even, you know, cause I was thinking already that you were going and having so a lot of your plate and then kind of hearing it a little bit more, like there was even more going on mm-hmm. and it's kind of, um, cause for me, you know, it's kind of like, wow, you know, you obviously handled it pretty flawlessly and I'm sure on the outside to, you know, your, your circle, your friends, like some of your business, um, you know, colleagues and associates, it's pretty, it, I'm sure it seemed like you did handle all that flawlessly, but, um, so kind of let like, what I was interested in knowing is like, what were some of the struggles that were going on the inside that nobody else got to see? Because it couldn't have been easy to do all that and still maintain to keep all those walls going. I feel like moving that when we moved into the house, it was a big one. Cause I literally like, even today, like I still find myself reorganizing my kitchen. Cause my mom luckily put it together for me. And I'll say too, like my husband's very active with my children. Some people, you know, in our marriage, it's probably 60, 40, him, 60, me, 40, because mm-hmm. he's always, you know, just like doing things. That's who he is. Awesome. Um, but I think that, you know, some struggles I think I had was like, I was just, Oh, I was, I overbooked myself. I think that that happened in in like September, 2016. And then I slowed down and then revenue slowed down. So it's, you know, it's just those things of like trying to balance. Like now I know I don't take on more than two projects a month. If I'm going to be doing design, like I'll do more projects a month if I'm consulting, cause I can do that via a VIP day and then just like stay connected with my clients, like once a month, just depending Mm -hmm. on how I'm working with them. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think just knowing that like, okay, one sales page, and it's not like that these are little websites, you know, with a few hundred words, like I'm talking seven to 10,000 words. Right, I implemented yeah. processes in my service. Like every time I had a kerfuffle, I don't know if that's a good word, but anytime it was like <laughs> on a sales page, I implemented a new process. So for example, when you're going from a Photoshop PSD to a developed page and you're working with a developer that could be the developer on your client's team. It could be developer for an agency that they work with or a new developer. It doesn't always look like the design when they put it on the webpage. So now I have a checkpoint, you know, we don't 
I don't have anyone develop the full page. I have them develop the first few sections. Mm -hmm. And we had the client and myself both review the sizing and the spacing because it looks different on a JPEG, you know, than it does. Right, that it's going to be on that screen. On the World Wide Web, just because of Mm -hmm. the way that, you know, the internets work in different browsers and computers. So like, that was a struggle. Like I had a client who like really wanted his, we had to recode his entire page. I didn't recode it, the developer coded it. Uh-huh. Um, because the sizing and the spacing was too big. So you learn from that lesson and then you implement checkpoints in your process to like kind of avoid mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, I love that. Um, kind of to help you, um, it's kind of like you come across a challenge that, you know, obviously if it's something new, you couldn't avoid it, but learning from it and, you know, document it and then put it in a process to help avoid that challenge the next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's also really important to kind of just like set a boundary around that, no matter who the developer is or who the team is. Like, I'm not doing this to be controlling. I'm doing this because like I, you need, you have a webinar on Friday. Well, we need this done the Friday before, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's really just to get the project done. Right. Awesome. Um, so now, um, so I did, you had kind of briefly mentioned a little bit earlier, cause you said that you don't really do sales page design too much now. And um, so you're more focus on is it that consulting work or coaching or um, yeah. what's kind of like the, the direction you're going in now and how did you realize that or how did you discover this new direction? How did you realize this yeah. is where you needed to go? Um, I mean, so when I was designing sales pages, like at the end of 2014, I got an offer to be like a launch manager for someone exclusively. So I stopped taking on clients for about a year and I only worked with this person as like their launch manager. I helped them hire teams. You know, I managed people, he had had teams, all people working all over the world. So any, you know, piece that happened for the launch, I was responsible for it. So I understand like the the project management and the team management side of it and the hiring side, but I also understand the marketing and the strategy Mm -hmm. and the customer experience and like the emails and like all of the pieces. So I realized that like, okay, there's people, a lot of people like, and back then you have to keep in mind too, there weren't very many experts online. There weren't very many, you know, designers online who were doing sales pages. Now there's a ton of them. So I have found myself really enjoying more doing the consulting work and letting people like bring in their own teams to implement mm-hmm. and then just coming back and giving my, um, like my feedback or my critique on like what their work looks like. Nice. So I've, and most, again, most of this stuff, I don't, I'm like, I'm not actively marketing it. Like I have, my goal is by like, you know, mid-May to kind of have this service, like a sales page for the service up and running. Cause it's more like a backend offer right now. Right. But you know, when you find the right client at the right time, like I recently had someone come to me who needed a sales page. She was referred by actually the lawyer I hired back in 2014 to write my sales page contract, Mm -hmm. um, Shantavia, who I love. And she was, it's one of her students and she came to me for a sales page, but we realized really quickly that she needed more strategy and structure for like nurturing her current audience, nurturing her paid students and just like giving herself a break because she works full time. So she, you know, when you have people emailing you saying, this is exactly what I needed. Thank you for, you know, pivoting and right. focusing more on what I needed versus this, you know, it just kind of has, has come naturally. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing a ton of them, but you know, I've ran, I have, I've had a Facebook group for designers for almost four years. I've had a, you know, podcast for, you know, two and a half years for mm-hmm. designers. So I've slowly built an audience through, you know, doing stuff like this podcast interviews where people are coming to me. And that's honestly my favorite way to sell because it's easier because people are just coming to me and asking me for what I have, you know? Right. Yes, um, exactly. And 
another thing I recently did that I refused to do for years was I created a $37 course all about sales pages called sales page superstar. So conversion design school is more like how to like launch using design where we include sales pages, but I teach okay. all about launching as well. Some people just need help with the sales page. So I give, there's copy templates, there's a design template, oh, there's nice. like design lessons. So it's like most of my programs are very short and to the point, but they're very tactical because I have the experience, you know, I, mm-hmm. I questioned as to whether it was like icky to call myself a million dollar sales page designer, but my designs have made more than that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so awesome. it, yeah own it. So it's, I know, but it sometimes just feels weird. I live in Iowa, so and I'm just like very like, I'm, I just consider myself a normal person, but I think that, you know, what doing what feels natural, like I don't want to do any, like for the next at least six months, and I really actually want to start a completely new business as well, um, but I'm giving myself some time to just like get the product idea right get the like you know the whole pitch and everything done by september um but i want to start a mascara line so like there i know oh, that that's nice. a whole new learning like because i don't even barely wear makeup and so but i have eczema on my eyes so it's like you look for a problem ah, that people have but who doesn't love a good mascara right mm-hmm. you know what i mean like so anyway so yeah and i mean it's it's a very big maybe at this point but i want to just like immerse myself in learning more about the industry mm-hmm. before i like hit the green light to go you know what i mean so right yeah definitely definitely awesome i'm kind of like that too like i tend to you know um, research and structure and strategize before i pull any um you know pull any guns or anything like that so yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, um, all right. So as you are, I guess it's kind of interesting that you are in this, like, you know, kind of transitional phase. And I love how everything that you've done is all kind of happened naturally. Like, you know, from the very beginning, there was just people just, you know, Hey, can you do this? And you, you know, connecting with people and, you know, building some relationships and doing a good job. And it was kind of like, it just became like this circle of, you know, um, circle of life almost. But, um, so kind of yeah. talk us through, yeah, like the, a little bit of the steps on, um, you know, the steps of launch this new opportunity and this new part of the phase of your business. Um, what do you mean the makeup part or just like, um, no, as, as you're like, kind of, as you are, I guess, you know, once you realize that this is the direction you need to go on as far as, um, not the makeup part, but you know, you're consulting and, you know, cause I know it seemed like it happened so naturally, but just like, what about the, that journey after you had that epiphany, like, okay, this is, I'm going to start doing yeah. this now. Um, well, I mean, I started doing, like I said, I was a launch manager for someone from 2000, most of 2015 and even into like late 2016, but I was, I was a contractor at that point, which means I was, I was taking on other clients. And so the thing that like, I actually was working with a client that he referred me to in 2016. And I walked away from $18,000 in consulting money. Um, I was going to be managing an affiliate launch for someone and without getting into the nitty gritty, like, I don't want to sit here and pretend like every client is dreamy because it wasn't a dreamy situation. They were texting Mm -hmm. all hours of the night. And, you know, this person was a single person living in New York city. I'm living in Des Moines, Iowa, like getting up at seven 30 to take my babies to school and like, you know, just getting all kinds of text messages and like blame for things that like, like, I just came in here and I'm trying to help you fix this. So I just, after two weeks, like I left. Mm-hmm. So I knew that after that, I really didn't want to manage other people's launches because I started to do my own launches. And then I would, I realized, you know, there's like a gap between a lot of the programs that are out there. And I think that, you know, a lot of people out there put really great information out there, but 
what we're missing is the tactical information. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many leads do I need to get to get where to, I want to be? Do I need to only pay attention to my data, but like, what if this launch doesn't feel good? You know, there's not someone doing that. So I think that it just kind of happened natural. I mean, it's someone come, like I said, that one gal came to me for a sales page and we talked on like a, like a consult call and we ended up realizing that, okay, she can probably figure out the sales page herself with my mm-hmm. course if she wanted, or I could give her, you know, my templates and I could help her strategize. And that's kind of like, but, and I guess it's just a decision I kind of made because it's easier to work with someone on a VIP day versus like ongoing for 90 days, you know, right. and I have clients, I have like another client right now. She's a designer who's been in my community for like four years. And she said, I really need a coach. Can you help me? And I said, well, I'd love to help you, but I'm not a coach. And so we're working together for six months, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, I think really the, the first thing is to just make the decision. The second thing is to just see if what you have works for people and then, you know, make it easy for them to say yes, or make it easy for them to say no. Like I'm never mad when someone doesn't buy from me. I'm never mad when people don't buy my offers. I mean, yeah, I can get frustrated if I don't hit my sales goals. Cause I don't want to sit here and pretend like I'm perfect, right. but, um, but at the end of the day, like this is business and I want people to do what's going to be aligned for them and right for them, even mm-hmm. if it's not me, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I think no. like the first step is just deciding the second step is just kind of putting together, you know, your offer and then seeing if it's a go. Well, now that I know that this offer is going to be a go, I'm going to create a sales page for it. But, you know, I was designing sales pages for two years over two years before I had a working sales page for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I want that kind of, um, you know, draw attention to that because it's like, I know that, you know, especially as, um, you know, a mompreneur, you, there's different phases of your business. What, you know, would your business may look like when your kids were younger, it's going to look like different when, you know, they're in their teen years or when they're out of the house, like, and even just business shifts, you know, you kind of have done you know, a couple different phases with your business already. And I just uh, know that sometimes as women and as business owners, we can kind of let that, like that natural pull, you know, cause you had people coming to you and it kind of happened naturally. And some women may feel like, okay, well, so, you know, let that hold them back as far as, well, I don't want to, you know, seem like I'm wishy-washy or I don't know what I'm doing or, you know, kind of things, or I don't want to, you know, have this, present this unpolished, you know, whatever, but it's kind of like, I like how you're like, you know, go with the flow, do what feels good to you, what feels natural to you, build something and just work with the people, you know, that kind of, you know, vibe with you and stuff and um, and be okay if not everybody says yes. Yeah. And I think it's also important to note here that I've done a lot of personal development. And when I say that, like I'm learning about myself, like, for example, I'm a projector um, when it comes to human design. What that means is that I get my energy best when the invitation is presented to me. I'm not saying just wait for opportunities to fall into your lap. I'm saying, go out there and reach out to people. Like, yes, I teach people like fancy funnels and launch strategies, but the best strategy I like to tell people is like, think of 20 people you, who, you know, or 20 people who, you know, who may know someone that, you know, and just reach out to them and tell them what you're up to. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to, you just, it's more of like a, Hey, I'm here. It's not like shoving, you know, your business card or, you know, down their throat or anything like that. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's, 
I think it's important to make sure that your sales are consensual and just continue to advocate for yourself because no one will do that better than you, you know? Yes, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like, it's about, um, at the end of the day, it's all about relationships and, you know, making these, you know, good connections with people. And if your offer so happens to fit and align with what they're trying to do, like if, you know, your offer can help yeah. them make their life better, their business better then wonderful. But if not, then, you know, it's just another relationship. Made. So that's awesome. Um, so kind of, uh, uh, oh, okay. So now that you've kind of, you know, run into, um, you know, what you're doing now, you're doing consulting and you are, have, you know, other opportunities that are being presented to you that you're kind of, you know, fielding as you can, like, what is, like, what's the next couple of months um, going to look like for you? Um, that's a great question. And I think that what I've realized is that while I don't want to be on social media, um, let's say I change my mind in a year and I don't want to have business anymore. I want to get a job. The way that I'm going to build any opportunity that I get probably won't be submitting a resume and a cover letter. It'll be through my personal brand. So for me, I really just want to, um, I plan to take some time to update my podcast messaging and like mission and everything. Cause like I said, I just kind of started it as like a goal to give design a voice, but I'm going to take it a little bit more serious now. Um, and I just want to be like more consistent with content that's free and content, you know, to my email list. I've been pretty consistent in the last year and really focused on getting better at writing emails to my list that actually give value and that aren't like really fluffy just from like stories I've had or like tips on how to like design the sales page hero section and um also not be afraid to put my offers in my emails you know what I mean Mm -hmm. you know and let things happen really organically I also plan to do Facebook ads to sell my $37 course um and then like I'll have like, like that will be like the quote unquote commercial on my podcast. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Cause I've never, I've never had a sponsor. It's just been me. But when I was publishing, I I took a few weeks off just because I had some family stuff happen. And um, when I come back to going live, like that will be kind of the intention. I might do a small promotion for conversion design school at the beginning of May because it's my birthday Mm -hmm. and I would love to run like a summer edition of that. And so I'm kind of putting together like what that looks like, but I'm not forcing anything. And I think that the biggest lesson I've learned from taking these last few weeks off is that I've been obsessing about my business, like, like more than a normal person should. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to not care going forward because there's a ton of care and there's a ton of desire to help. But like, I got to just like turn off my brain, delete Mm -hmm. that Instagram app, delete that Facebook app. You know what I mean? And so I think for me, it's really just kind of going inward and paying attention to what I'm leaning towards. And I'm really leaning more towards just like one-on-one work. Cause I like having the connection with people, you know, mm-hmm. I like the group programs too, but I haven't run a group program in over, um, in over a year. Right. Okay. Awesome. So we'll see. That's right. It. Awesome. It sounds like exciting things are on the road and on the horizon. Um, so kind of as we wrap up, um, and this is one of my favorite uh, parts of the interview, cause it's kind of a chance for me to give, um, you know, the women I'm interviewing, um, a chance to just be proud of everything that she's done and accomplished. So, um, what are you most proud of during this entire journey? Um, I didn't give up. Awesome. Although I wanted to several times when it was really hard, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's one. I mean, that's it. Awesome. Well, that's great. That's kind of, I mean, amazing because there's a lot of times I'm sure where it would have been in this. Of course, it's always easier to give up, you know, it's always easier yeah. to 
to just throw them the towel and, you know, just do something different and stuff, but you didn't. And it's already paid off and, you know, you benefited, your family's benefiting. So that's amazing. So just want to thank you once again for, you know, being on the show today and really appreciated your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. I'm grateful. All right. Thanks. Well, this has been another episode of the Mompreneur Society. Bye, everybody. Bye. If you found this episode to be valuable and it helped and blessed you, please leave a review. And if you know of someone who needs to hear this episode and podcast, please share it with them. I want to help equip, empower, and encourage as many mompreneurs as possible. And I can't do that without you. I'm Derricka Morgan, your host of the Mompreneur Society podcast. I hear you and I see you because I am you. I've been there and it's my mission to help you overcome your challenges in life and business so you can fulfill the purpose and calling that God has put on your life. Life wasn't made to be lived alone. You are not alone. I'm right here with you. As always, take care of your babies, take care of your business, and most of all, take care of yourself.